On today's episode from the archives, we talk with Coach Bill Biedenbaugh, the offensive line coach for the Oklahoma Sooners. The Sooners have been outstanding on offense over the last several years, and that's true this year as well as when we talked to Coach back then. He talks a lot about uh, tip of the spear techniques, which he learned from Scott Peters, who's the assistant offensive line coach now for the Cleveland Browns. This is an episode for offensive line guys for sure, but I think there's a lot to learn from Coach and his methods for any position. Check it out. I'm excited to be joined today by Oklahoma Sooners offensive line coach, Bill Biedenbaugh. Coach, it's great to have you here on the podcast. Yeah, great to be with you. I appreciate you having me on. Coach, you and I met back at the AFCA in in Charlotte. And first of all, you guys are doing an excellent job at Oklahoma. You look at all the the numbers, the stats, you guys just offensively really tear it up. And the scheme is is great, very cutting edge. I know a lot of people look to you guys for the scheme, but with anything, I think you would agree it starts with those guys up front. And you have a very talented group there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Any any time you have success on offense, you, you've obviously got good players, and I'm fortunate to coach really good offensive linemen, great kids, really work at the game, want to be really good technically, fundamentally, assignment-wise. We've got really, really good coaches everywhere, starting with our head coach and offensive coordinator, Lincoln Riley, and does a great job of just putting everybody on our offense on a position to succeed. And it's been, been a fun run the past five years, and, and hopefully we can keep it going. And for you guys, it's, it's been a matter of really rewriting the record books. I mean, total offense in 2017 of like almost 580 yards per game. And it, it's funny, like years ago, those numbers were unheard of. But now when you look at all the tools we have offensively, whether that's tempo or the RPO, the game has come be, become very dynamic and hard to defend. From that perspective, Coach, looking at the up-tempo, looking at the RPO, how much does that factor into how you're coaching these guys up and, and, and maybe how has that changed over time to a approach you might have had when you were working with those teams who were huddling and turning around and handing off the football? You know what? The techniques and the fundamentals of playing offensive line are, are very similar no matter what offense you're in. I've never coached an option offense, so I'm not 100% sure about that. But the fundamentals and techniques of blocking stay the same. And now with all these guys, Scott Peters and well, Charles Bentley doing a lot of research and talked to both of those guys extensively, and it's it's just about – to continue to evolve and give your players the tools to be successful. And again, it doesn't change much. We're not, and we weren't last year, we're probably not as as big of a tempo RPO team that everybody thinks we are. We didn't run, I think the year before we were much more last year, and not that we huddled, but we weren't going at warp speed. Some teams that we felt presented some defensive problems, we would go fast but rpo and do all those things and and we have that in our system but really to me the the basic fundamentals of blocking aren't changing they're evolving and you don't change them with your offense but the, the fundamentals and the techniques evolve not just based on how you're playing at least in my mind 
And I think that's something I've been able to see firsthand in working with, you know, mentioned Scott Peters I and mean, what he's doing here with us at USA Football is that the, the hands have really become the focus of what we're doing. It always have been for linemen, but, but kind of in a different way right now and in a way that keeps the head out of the game head out, out as a tool for contact. I know you go back years ago and you can watch coaching films and hear guys talking about three points of contact and stuff like that. Well, right. we, don't, we don't teach that anymore. And I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding from people who aren't in football that that's kind of has made its way out. And if it hasn't, it's, it's completely on its way out soon. No doubt. No doubt. There's a different line of thinking now, safety, and obviously it's good technique. I think it starts with safety, and then it's obviously good technique as well. And going back to Scott, I think these pass rushers, and I think it's more in the pass game than anything. I mean, pass rushers, because so many people are throwing the ball, I mean, I've seen the the development over the last five to ten years. When I was at Texas Tech, we were throwing the ball more than anybody and nobody really was right. and pass rushers weren't as developed. And now I don't care who you're playing. Guys are recruiting guys that can rush the quarterback. So with that being said, you have to give your offensive linemen tools to block all these different types of rushes and different types of body speed, power, the guys that are smaller, the six, six, one guy, the six, six guy, long arm I mean you just get so many different things so these guys and like you said when your hands your hands and feet have to be really really good or you don't have a chance of blocking these guys anymore no and you guys see some elite pass rushers in the big 12 and you guys play outside the big 12 I know last year Ohio State so you're seeing some guys who physically are are freaks I mean they can get off the ball how do you how do you de- defeat that that long arm that these guys are doing as a guy is running four four six or four seven off the edge? Well, the the first thing is hopefully he doesn't get the long arm on you. I mean, right. that's the first way to try to defeat it, and and just really studying it. What does a guy use? What are his go to moves? How do his feet look? What hands down? How is his body positioned to have? an idea before he even starts the rush of what he's going to do. And then, obviously, to me, the best way to defeat is to chop it down at the elbow. It's hard to lift it when that guy gets a a lean on it and gets his long arm on you. We'll hop and try to chop it, keeping the outside arm on him, obviously knocking it down before it gets on him, getting your hands on him, giving him different types of sets, to not so the offensive lineman isn't always set in the same way to give that guy a beat on you as well. So there's there's just different tools, and then different guys can do different things. Obviously, like I said, the basic fundamentals stay the same, but I think you've got to coach guys differently. We had two totally different tackles last year. We had a guy that was 6'8", 340-something pounds, and then we had a guy that was 6'4", 310 pounds, very, very athletic. So – the basic fundamentals are the same, but the tools that you give them may change a little bit depending on their arm length, their athleticism, their comfort level with different things. Coach, as you put together a practice plan and you're accounting for those different types of guys and maybe the work they need to do, things they need to do throughout your, your individual periods, 
how do you start to, I guess, for lack of better terms, individualize that for them so that guy who's 6'8 is, is doing the things he needs to do versus that guy who's 6'4 and athletic is doing things that are well-suited to him? Yeah, well, again, it just goes and it changes week to week. So we'll do pass rush different things. I'll, I'll take the tackles. My, my assistant will take centers and guards, or, or we'll do it different on different days, and I'll just give them the rushes that they're going to see from the defense, from the scout team. And obviously it's not going to be the same as it is in a game, but we go against our defense quite a bit in those third down situations just because that is the third and long situations is the toughest for an offensive lineman. So we'll do those two or three days in practice. But it's just me studying the tape, them studying the tape, me giving them the tools to defeat the rushes and then just going out there and practicing them. I know, Coach, from a practice standpoint, the offensive line traditionally gets the most individual time. They're able to steal periods during special teams and and whatnot. How important is it that you you keep a certain amount of individual throughout the season? I know as coaches we we start to look at, okay, the season's wearing down, so we're going to cut back. We're going to have less practice time. What's your stance on what you need to keep these guys developing from a, a technique standpoint. We do the same. That's always, it's a fine line, especially playing offensive line of getting the work that you need. in. we had the big 12 championship game last year. So we only have one bye week this year. And these guys are going all summer. So you got to be smart. And we do, we cut down where we, I get a ton of individual just, as a period and, and like you said, special teams and then when they're doing scale stuff. So individual time is never a problem for me here at Oklahoma. It's maybe a problem of doing too much overworking them. So I've got to tread that line of getting the work in that we need to get in, making sure it's quality work and you're not just doing quantity of work and it's it's quality. Maybe you gotta slow it down at some point in time. But it's always a fine line. But as the season wears on, we are going to do less. Yeah, absolutely. That was going to be my next question as far as, I guess, keeping them fresh because you don't want to keep running them through drills where they're, they're banging each other. I know a, a lot of, of what Scott does is especially working on regaining leverage if you use it, fighting with the hands, being able to reposition the hands. Those, I think, at least as I've seen those things drilled by, by Scott, I think have – you have the ability to kind of, I guess, slow things down and just focus on certain parts of the body to be able to work on those things and get better at whether it's hand fighting or, or regaining leverage with the hands. I think those probably work pretty well as the season goes on. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And, and there's obviously things you're going to have to focus on week to week, what your players need to improve on, what problems the defense is pre- presenting you, all those things go into a practice plan, and, and we try to get as much quality work as we can with not overloading them. Coach, I think a lot of, of what we do as coaches really starts from the evaluation, and, and football is a, an evaluation-rich environment with the, all the film we get and the ability to look at technique, to look at their assignment, those kinds of things. For you, what's, what things do you look for and how are you grading your players out 
after game day or even after practice? It starts with assignment first. You get an assignment grade, you get a technique grade, and then you get a finish grade for me. Those are the things that I am, am, am looking for. Like I said, you start assignment. It's not right. You could be blocking your butt off, but, heck, we're still getting hit in the backfield or getting sacked. So it starts with that. And then, obviously, the technique and fundamentals. And you can win with not great technique and fundamentals sometimes. And then the effort and the finish. That obviously comes into play. I think you stress that as a coach. You coach that as a coach. But I think a lot of it, the players have that mentality. We've got a pretty pretty decent culture around here where guys want to put on tape that toughness, that physicality, that finish, that effort. So it hadn't been a, a huge effort here for me, or excuse me, a huge problem here for me. So, Coach, taking the, the grades and the evaluations, how important is it for a coach to understand that those things really – got to translate to more than just a number for those players that it has to become part of here's what we need to work on next and here's where I need you to to develop and become better yeah no no doubt and that that's constant you're constantly talking to each player as you're watching tape hey this is what you got to do better on this play this block this scheme this is what this guy has to do better that guy has to do better Sometimes grades are can be a little bit misleading just because you're a center playing in a, a four-down defense. You're generally always getting help as opposed to a tackle one-on-one right. 90% of the game. So I take those things into account as well when I'm grading them. But it's just it's in a constant – offensive line is a constant state of correction. I mean, Coach Leach told me that when I played for him and when he coached me and when I coached for him. I mean, it's just – there's always something, always something on every play that you can really do better at that position. And that's what I want. I want guys that want to strive, I've done to be, but to be as close to perfect as you could possibly be. And I understand they're not going to be perfect, and, and but that's what we're striving for to get to as close to that and what it should feel like, what it should look like, what your techniques should be on every single play. Coach, stepping aside from some of the, the technical things of offensive line play, I know one unique thing in having coached O-line a number of years in my career is that you kind of get to build this culture within the culture. It's 100% aligned with what the team is doing, but that group, usually they get some kind of nickname or take on some kind of identity on their own. But it it's a really neat room you go into their, their meeting room, it's usually a really neat room and unique, and, and you can feel a bond there. What kinds of things do you do to build that? We don't, we don't really have a nickname or anything like that. I think it just comes from more your expectations as an offensive line coach, the players understanding those expectations, and the players that permeate throughout the whole group. And recruiting, for us recruiting, I guess the NFL's different, high school's different. I never coached in either either of those. I've always been in college, but trying to do the best you can to recruit guys that fit your culture. Is it always going to be perfect? No, it's not. But then obviously having those, being around those guys, I think coaching any position, about them more than just a football player. I think that's huge. I mean, it's not 
just about football. Yeah, we're teaching you offensive line, but hopefully we're teaching you more than offensive line. We're teaching you about life and how to be a great son and husband, father, whenever those times that that, that time comes, being in the community, whatever job you get, teaching you how to be successful in that. It's not just 100% about offensive line. So it's doing those things, having them. Just Monday, I had the guys over to eat, cooked out for them. They hang out with my family, just being around them, showing them that you care about Mm-hmm. That's always a, a big group to feed, too, Coach. Uh, not easy on yeah. the wife. <laughs> no, costs quite a bit of money. <laughs> Coach, you you mentioned the expectations for these guys. When you get together with these guys again in the fall, you got the freshmen in there. You always, I think, every coach kind of starts from ground one, and you set the expectations. What things do you talk to your guys about? What are the expectations for them for the season? Really, just just how you're going to practice, how we're going to play, how we're going to be seen as a group, what we're going to be known for, those things. We don't sit there and talk about winning a national championship. It's just really the daily grind. The one thing we do talk about, which I really do respect the award, is the Joe Moore Award. We talk about that. And then just the, the everyday grind of what it takes to be a great offensive lineman. You can't just show up for the two hours of practice, the hour and a half of meetings, and expect to be great. There's there's much more work that goes into it. So just the constant reminders. And then having the guys, the leaders in your group that, that really live those expectations and, and what we want, and then it, it kind of just goes throughout the group. And freshmen generally don't get it, but – Obviously, the quicker they get it, the quicker they'll get on the field. But it's just those guys being around, seeing how you coach. The one, the problem is in the summer, he's a coach, you really just don't get a lot of time with them. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the strength coaches with them most of the time. So he's the one that's kind of setting the team expectations. And then once we start practice in the fall, that's when it comes down to me. From the the strength and conditioning perspective, and and you do turn the guys over to them for a good part of – of the off-season, preseason, whatever right. it may be. What kinds of, of things are your linemen able to work from kind of like that functional movement perspective where maybe they're learning to get their hips involved in leverage or how to, to keep leverage with their, their hands inside or something like that? Are there things you can work in the weight room or things you guys do through the strength and conditioning program that works some of those fundamental movement skills that are important for an O-lineman? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Benny Wiley, our strength coach, does a great job. We actually have an assistant, Brian Kagans, who played for me at Texas Tech that works specifically with the offensive line. So he knows, even though I've evolved over the years, he knows what, what I expect. And we've got all the tools that you need, all the the, the sleds, the the ball, the med, half medicine balls, the strike sticks, the kick. We got all that those things that they do constantly throughout the summer. So th- this is really, and it, it, it really kind of sucks that we can't work with them because this is a huge developmental time for those guys because you get into starting practice, you know, obviously you're working the fundamentals and techniques, but then pretty quick you're starting to game plan for certain teams right and then week by week it comes down to game plan so 
obviously we do individual periods and all those things, but it's, it's the things that they're learning right now that hopefully they do so many times over the summer that it becomes second nature once you get out on the field. Yeah, I think that's an important part of it. And really, when you think about the game, and I, I still think you know quite a, quite a few people do it this way, the thought process is, how do you make your offensive lineman better? Well, we're just going to get them in the weight room. They're going to get bigger, faster, stronger. And certainly we want those things. I'm not trying to devalue it, but we, uh-huh. we just haven't worked on the skills, I think, to, to this point overall across the game that especially the skills of, of contact and how you use your hands and how you move your feet, like those things, we probably don't have enough time with our players. Like I equate it sometimes that some of these things are, are advanced and it's like trying to hit a curveball. Like you just don't wait till a couple of weeks before the game to take swings. If you're a baseball player, you're doing it all year, all year round. Right. Well, no doubt, no doubt. And that's, just, just per NCAA rules, that's just the way it is. You're limited, right. so you hope because a lot of this stuff they have to do on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's just that's the way the rules are. And we're fortunate that we have a bunch of guys that are seniors or juniors that have played quite a bit that can coach and and help coach the younger guys. I'm just fortunate to be in that situation. Four years ago, it wasn't that way, and we had to, we had some. A learning curve we had to take some bumps but that's just the way it is and you've got to get around it you've got to give them a plan a great plan that they believe in that they know is going to help them be successful and then they've got to go out there and, and work on it that's the way it is and again i'm fortunate that i've got guys that want to be great that want to move on to the next level so for the most part they're going to put in the time it takes to be a great offensive lineman yeah i think that that's Always a situation when you see that coach, I think you'd agree. You look back over your years in coaching that when you have that group of guys who is coaching each other up, who can see maybe some of those errors they're making and, and is willing to jump in and have, help a teammate, you're going to have a really good group. It's, it's the ones that are quiet and leave everything on you that makes it really tough on the coach that it's important to be able to develop that too, to develop those guys to understand the game in a way that they're not just robots out there, that they're out there being able to to see things, solve problems, get better themselves. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. That's huge. And I don't know that most people out there that are just casual fans of football or offensive line really understand that. The time they have to put in, the help that they have to give each other just because they're together all the time and watching film together, doing the drills together, obviously their weight work together and not letting somebody slack or do something wrong. Cause if they keep say whatever your pass set is, however you teach pass setting, the guys out there doing it wrong all summer. Well, I mean, it's not very good. So you got to have guys that are going to coach them that are going to show them the right way to do things. And, we do. We have that. So I'm fortunate here that we've got a group of guys that are – they're not worried about somebody taking their position. They want everybody to be better because they know ultimately it's going to help us win. Absolutely. Coach, shifting gears in, in looking at the course of your career, you're a guy who started in small college ball, played at Iowa Wesleyan, 
began your coaching mm-hmm. career at, at Oklahoma Panhandle State. From there, moved on yeah. to Division Two. You're a Division Two Coordinator of the Year, and then made your way up to the FBS level. We have a lot of listeners out there who aspire to that, who want to be able to to move their careers up the ladder. What's some of the best advice you have in in order to do that? What things do you really need to focus on along the way? Well, it's really just being the best you can be wherever you are and always constantly learning, constantly growing. Don't just, just because you've always done something one way, don't do it that way. Go out and learn, learn from the best guys there are out there. That's what I've done. Going to clinics, talking to other O-line coaches, talking to guys that, that train other guys. You can't have an ego. The biggest thing that especially as an offensive line coach, but a coach in general, is you're here to help your players succeed. And whatever you have to do to make that happen, you have to do. Heck, I started out, and most guys do. I mean, heck, I was mopping floors and cutting grass and driving the van at Panhandle State. I just thought that's how it was. I had, <laughs> you know, I had no idea you didn't do that stuff at Oklahoma. I mean, I was 21 years old, and I, I just wanted to coach, and I loved it, and some of the best times I ever had coaching were at schools like that and about Austin State and Ferris State, coaching those kids that really weren't going to play in the NFL. There's a few here and there, but they just love playing football. So whatever level you're at, where you are, you just got to do the best job you can there. And obviously everybody has aspirations, but all you can control is, is doing the best job you can at the place you're at right then. And don't be out chasing things just do a great job where you are and good things will happen absolutely coach a a big part of of any college coach's job is to recruit and that's something you've excelled at as well you have have been recognized as as one of the top 25 recruiters the past two years you put yourself in a position for the prestigious award with the Broyles award as the nation's top assistant coach you're doing things right just focusing on the the recruiting side, Coach, what are some of those those key things that you want to communicate in recruiting, you want to do in recruiting in order to get those guys to play for you? Because I think every coach at, at every level right now, even the high school guys, they have to be recruiters to, to get kids out to play. There's a lot of things that distracting kids from the game. There's a lot of maybe parents who, who don't want to let their kids play the game. So we have to recruit. What's some of the advice you have for those guys? Well, for me, just recruiting kids is it's just really kind of just like anything else, developing relationships and being relentless. Really, you have to show these kids what you can do for them, what football can do for them, what football has done for me. Maybe a a guy that has to recruit a high school kid that maybe his parents don't want him to play, but just – the things that football has done for you. I mean, football has taught me more about life than any class I could ever take in college or in high school. And not that those classes aren't important, but just the accountability, the discipline, the teamwork, working together, the brotherhood of it, all those things that are going to solving problems quickly, dealing with problems, dealing with adversity, dealing with challenges. I mean, football teaches you those things. And I think it's what people have to understand is people like you and Scott Peters and a lot of other people who are doing, you know, the NFL, doing everything they can to make the game as safe as possible. So I think the positives 
of being a football player, especially an offensive lineman, far outweigh any negatives. In my life, there's been no negatives to football. I mean, do you get bumps and bruises? Yes, but it's the best sport there is. I would fully endorse my son playing if that's what he wants to do. He's young. He plays flag football right now. But I think the way the game's moving and, and how they're trying to make it as safe as possible, the things that you're going to learn from playing football far outweigh any negatives. Coach, I know you're you're on your way right now to do some professional development of your own, talk with some NFL coaches. The NFL, I think, is in, in an interesting situation with the, the recent rule change that was really focused more on some of the contact on the line of scrimmage, keeping the head out of the game. And certainly that's an important thing for us as coaches. We want our players to be as safe as they can be. What kind of things are, are you doing from a technique perspective that you feel kind of alleviate that problem? Because I know some of the techniques you guys are using are, are definitely, I guess, I would say from the perspective of, of the whole country doing it, you're ahead of the game. I know that it's, it's maybe been around college and pro for a while now, but I think we're starting to see that focus come down to the high school level as well. Yeah, I think it just really comes down to drills. And, and you play this position and really any position with your hands and your feet. Everything with me is leading with the hands. It all does that, playing with long arms, keeping your helmet out of the game. Your hips are coming through on the blocks to keep your helmet out of the game. So, But it starts with your hands and your feet, playing long arm. And it's just drilling it over and over, and it's just – Obviously, the, the fundamentals of it, the drills that you use, the techniques, how you say things to these kids so they understand it. But just playing long, you've heard that from Scott numerous times, and keeping the helmet out, keeping the face out of the block. Coach, when you look at all the things you do as a football coach, you've had success wherever you've been. You're developing great offensive line talent with the Sooners. And you guys overall as a team are, are performing at, at the highest level. What would you point to as maybe that one thing that you feel really gives your guys the winning edge? As our team? As a team or a unit coach, whichever you prefer. You know, I think the one thing, and, and what, what's weird that you say it, is that's what we preach is playing with an edge. I mean, just how you go out there, how you approach it, how you approach every day. When you come to Oklahoma, I mean, you walk into a place that's won seven national championships. What do we have? Six Heisman Trophy winners now, 47 conference championships. And I'm not really doing a recruiting thing, but I mean, you walk into our facility and you know the expectations and you know what's come before you and you know what people here expect and what we expect as coaches and what the fans expect. So it's just going out there and playing with the edge and doing everything that you do from studying tape to practice to games to the weight room of just doing it with an edge. Coach, I know you're on Twitter and our, our, our listeners could follow you there. It's at OU underscore Coach B. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate your time, Coach, and talking some ball and offensive line play with us, and best of luck to you and the Sooners in 2018. Hey, no, hey, I, I certainly appreciate everything you guys do for offensive line play. It's great seeing all the guys out there that are doing it and trying to make the game as safe as possible and give these kids the 
the, the recipe to be successful. So I appreciate all you guys do as well. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Stay tuned for news about new episodes coming soon. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes and click five-star for rate. If you have a minute, please write a review. It helps the podcast.